You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Today, we're back into our fall series called I Vote For. And just in case you haven't been with us, this is not a political series, although... This is the week we all should vote. Come on, can I get an amen? We should show up at the polls and we should make our voice known. And, uh, but it, we knew that this series was going to be through the height of the election season. Uh, and we just know and we're seeing, and we talked about this early on in the series, that our culture, unfortunately, we see people behaving badly both in the church and outside of the church, if we're honest. People get loud, opinionated, rude, ugly, dare I say, ungodly, and we wanted to get ahead of this season and next year's presidential election with this series, I Vote For, and we're going to vote for the fruit of the Spirit. It's a series on the fruit of the Spirit, and it's what God does inside of us. And the great thing that we've learned so far this fall, and will continue for the next few weeks, is that when we dive into the fruit of the Spirit, we become attractive to those outside, those in a dark world. We are a standout, and it's simple. It's just God's work inside of us. And my priority is to help the people I love and the people I'm leading, that's you guys and those that are online, to grow. And we're going to grow this season in the fruit of the Spirit, to be aware and to pursue godliness. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Galatians chapter 5 is where this series is rooted. And it's been a couple weeks since we've been in the series. So I'm going to start back at Galatians 5 verse 16. And uh, you can follow along. It says this, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. If you haven't already, you should highlight this, circle this, underline it, uh, make this a priority in your Bible. Um, That is a great nugget of a verse there. It says, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. There's two forces. How many of us are honest enough to say, you experience it with me? I'm, I'm raising my hand. There's the, the good and the bad in this, this battle, right? That's what it's talking about. It says, and the Spirit gives us desires. Whoops, I already read that. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. And to get the context there, you should go back to the first message of the series. We kind of unpacked that a little bit. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. It's like, is this list going to ever end? Envy, drunkenness, wild parties. And just in case your favorite sin isn't there, it says, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone, this is bold, this is, this is tough to hear, anyone 
living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, verse 22, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. It's one fruit encapsulated. This is character traits. And let's say it together. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. That should be highlighted. This is important. It's one fruit. And for those of you that have given your heart to Jesus, you're a Christ follower, which is probably most of us here. There's an expectation that your life should bear fruit, spiritual fruit. Otherwise, at some point, your life would be useless. Now, just a quick note. We've made our way, love, joy, peace, patience, made our way. I preached those. And then the week that I was running with the World Vision team uh, on October 15th or 16th, uh, Pastor Rocky Nichols stepped in the pulpit and, and tackled kindness and goodness. And I listened to the message this week, and Pastor Rocky, I'm not sure, I, it was a series on the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the loom. And if you were here, you can just give him a hard time about that. But uh, no, it was a great message. Thank you. But my biggest takeaway was Pastor Rocky's talking about underwear, and, uh, and it is what it is. But what's happening in uh, Galatians chapter 5? What is Paul addressing here? It's, he's saying, look, I'm showing you what Christians should look like. Not what they should know or even so much what should they should do. He's describing these character traits that will lead to behavior. Just like a tree is known for its fruit, so spiritual fruit manifests the Holy Spirit's work in people through the refinement of our character. And that's what this series is about, character. And so today we're going to move on and we're going to hit... The, uh, the fruit of faithfulness, and we want to declare together that we're going to vote for faithfulness. So let's just say it together. I vote for faithfulness. And of course, love is overarching all of these fruit, right? It starts and ends there, but faithfulness is the root. One commentator said, without faithfulness, you don't get any other Oh, man. Uh, just keep going. You think it's okay? All right. So what is this faithfulness? Characteristics. Um, I'm not going to take a chance. We put fresh batteries in. Not sure what happened. Both services. Bummer. But uh, so listen, it, the, the faithfulness is the root that holds them all together. So faithfulness, what is that? It means to be faithful, to be full of faith, to be true to your word, to be able to be counted on, one whose spirit and character can be trusted. And the goal, church, at the end of our lives is that we would stand before Jesus at the pearly gates, right? And to hear these words, Matthew 25, 23, well done, my good and, say it with me, faithful servant. That's the goal. Jesus will not say, well done, six, you're so successful, He's not going to say, well done, you had a lot of influence, or well done, you had a happy life. No. 
If there's one word, a goal, our lifetime is to achieve, it would be to be faithful. And faithful doesn't just happen. It's not by accident. It's not easy. It's not on our own strength. We have learned that about all these characteristics. It's God at work in us. It's, it's faithfulness is grounded in God's character that he gives to us and then is seen through us. In church, God is faithful. His word is faithful. Jesus is faithful. It's exemplified in Jesus. And there's a verse that caught my attention this week, Habakkuk 2.4. It says, look at the proud. They trust themselves and their lives are crooked. How many have ever been there? Full of pride? I, I have. And it just makes things messed up. But it says, but the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Some verses say the righteous will live by faith. And so today, we're going to say together, I vote for faithfulness. And the, to get to the bottom of that, I want to wrestle with the question, what does it mean to be faithful? And I really want to focus on Jesus's example and then throw in a couple other examples as well. Uh, when you think about Jesus and uh, you understand and you read through the Gospels, I was able to read through uh, Matthew. I kind of did it in a quick manner, but um, Jesus, he was real. He lived in the real world, in the trenches, in the it's kind of the nitty gritty. Uh, and what the thing is, especially when you read I, like the book of Matthew with the lens of, okay, faith, and where is Jesus seen with faith? His faith was active. You could see it. You could see it all throughout the gospel. And there were at least three ways that you can see Jesus active in his faith with people, with his resources, and with the response to God's prompting. And we're going to kind of wrestle with those three this morning. But I want, before we get to those, I want to remind you what Jesus said. Jesus said, follow me. Follow my example. And so we should be following his deep abiding faith. And Jesus has never changed that invitation for us, for us to be faithful. So how was Jesus faithful? Number one, Jesus was faithful with people. This is really, really key. He's adding value every opportunity he could get. He's blessing, he's encouraging, he's generous. He's showing the love of the Father Jesus would walk into a room, he's encouraging, he's speaking the truth and love. He valued relationships. If you boil it down to one word, Jesus was a blessing to everyone he came in contact with. Think about his interaction with Zacchaeus, if you know that story. The woman at the well. His interaction with the disciples, with the crowds, with the Roman officer, John the Baptist, Lazarus, Mary and Martha, even with children. When his disciples are like, get these kids out of here, he's saying, no, let them come. And he blessed them with the sick and the lame and those that were demon-possessed. Jesus was blessing. He, was, he had time for them. And in every case, his focus seemed to be on blessing. He was faithful with people. He was a blessing. You say, well, I'm no Jesus, right? I'm not sure I could do that. And, and I kind of get that. I'm, I'm not either. But let's look at the Old Testament example of faith. Who was the father of faith? Anyone want to take a guess? 
Abraham, yes. Romans 4, 16, the father of faith. The Old Testament poster boy for faith. Abraham, though, when you look at his story, he was not perfect. He got a lot of things wrong, but he did get two things right. In Genesis chapter 12, there were two commands that kind of overrode his, his existence. It was to go and to be a blessing. To go and bless. Everyone say, go and bless. In Genesis 12, he was called to leave his country and to be a blessing to the nations. And it wasn't just this one time that God told him this. It was almost like God had to remind him over and over. It was repeated in Genesis 18, in Genesis 22, Genesis 26, Genesis 28. Again, over and over, you are to be a blessing. Go, be a blessing to the nations. We are called to be a part of that same blessing, to be a blessing to all nations, the Missio Dei, God's work. We are made in the image of God, and we are called to be faithful. We are called to bless. And I just believe that this time, more than ever in the history of the Gateway Church, this is a time for us to lean in here and for us to be a blessing, to bless, to bless everyone through us, just like Jesus, just like Abraham. I think if, you're, if you've been blessed, you should be a blessing to be faithful with the people around you. Let me ask a quick question. How many of you uh, have been financially blessed? Just, I just want to see a show of hands. Yeah, yeah, good, good. The reality is every single one of us here should be raising our hand. Um, if you have a cell phone, you're blessed. If you have to figure out where to go on vacation, you're blessed. If your computer is running slow, you still got a computer. How many have ever had car trouble before, right? Now we're talking, there's some hands going up. You've got a car, you're blessed. How many have ever experienced a flight delay? Oh my goodness. Just, yes. If, listen, these are first world problems. You are blessed. If you live in North America, you're blessed. How many of you think you've had an education? You can read and write, right? For, did you know that for most of human history, people were illiterate, illiterate unless you were kind of the elite? You're blessed. Do you have a home, a place to lay your head? I know there's one family that's working on it, and we're praying for you, uh, and, and we're believing for a miracle, a breakthrough, but for most of us here, we have a place to lay our heads. We are blessed. And the point is, if we are blessed, you should be a blessing. If you have friends, you're blessed. Be a blessing. If you have transportation, if you've tapped into your spiritual gifts, you should do that. And if nothing else makes sense, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and your sins have been forgiven, you're blessed, so be a blessing. The point is, count your blessings. Name them one by one, like the song said. Go and bless. Say it one more time. Go and bless. The strange thing is, though, it seems too often that the more someone is blessed, the more likely they are not to notice. They take things for granted Maybe they feel entitled, not grateful. That should not be our case. 
in a dark world, we should really be a standout to shine in the darkness. Abraham was faithful to people, with people, to the nations. Jesus was faithful with people. And today, I'm challenging us to vote to be faithful. Faithfulness. What does it look like? It starts, number one, with people, with others. But Jesus was also faithful with his resources. Every resource, every opportunity. It seemed like Jesus was the multiplier, isn't he? You think of the, the 5,000 loaves, uh, or the, I'm sorry, five loaves, two fish, turning into 5,000, or the 400 uh, loaves, and, or the, the story where Jesus was trying to be trapped by uh, the Pharisees about taxes and about giving, and he says, hey, go and grab a fish, and in the fish, there's a coin. There's this generosity, this multiplication that we see that follows Jesus. And the classic story with Jesus is in Matthew chapter 25. You might know the story. It's a parable of three servants. One is given five bags of gold or silver, depending on what version you read. One was given two bags, and one was given one bag. And they were called to, to make those things grow, to invest those things. And the, the master comes back after a season. Matthew chapter 25, verse 23, it says, The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. He's talking to the five and to the two. He says, You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. And then he says, Let's celebrate together. I love it. He's like, Let's throw a party. In every area, Jesus modeled faithful, and it resulted in multiplication. And it really is an idea that we're faithful to be good stewards with what God gives us. Am I right? Practically caring for what God gives us, being good steward. My mind goes to my first car that I bought when I was 15 and a half years old. Um, we, I bought a car for cash. Oh, yeah, $525. Now, I'll just tell you, it wasn't the most beautiful car in Troy, Michigan. <laughs> in fact, it was wrecked. It had actually had kind of been put back together, but it still needed to be painted. And, and my grandpa and my dad and I, we worked on it. And by my 16th birthday, it was looking pretty good. Not great, but it was looking pretty good. And with my birthday money, I put a radio in it. And long story short, two weeks later, I caused a three-car pileup with this car. Oh, man. We fixed it again, and I drove it for six months, and for that six months, I promise you this, it was the cleanest $525 car, because you take good care of what God gives you. How many of you think you've got an ugly yard? Well, make it better, right? We get one body, we should take care of it. Our relationships, we should invest and equip, right? Think about business. I know we got some business owners here. Listen, it is God honoring to multiply things. It's what Jesus did. 
It's what, what he modeled for us, what he encourages us to do. And if we don't, like the one person that had the one talent or the one bag of silver, look what it says. This should be a warning to us. Matthew 25, uh, right after verse 23, well done, good and faithful. 24 says, the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. And before you throw him under the bus, some of us have been bound by fear and kind of like you're hesitant to, to move forward and, uh, with a lack of faith. So I understand it to some point. He says, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. And what did the master reply? You wicked and lazy servant. Now, we've been there, the fear of mistakes. I've been there. But as a rule, we're called to be faithful, to trust the Lord. What would you do if you were confident God was with you? You'd be faithful, and you would bear a lot of fruit. Church, this morning, we vote for faithfulness. What does faithfulness mean? It means that we're going to be faithful with people. We're going to be faithful with the resources. And by the way, with the resources, I think of our time, our talent, and our treasure, the things that God has given us, uh, the, the things that we should put into practice to, to be used. And we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. But there's a third thing. Jesus really modeled being faithful with his response to God. I didn't really know how to say that any other way. It's, it's a little clunky. The idea is that every prompting, the Holy Jesus was faithful. He only did what the Spirit would direct him to do. Every Holy Spirit prompting was an opportunity for Jesus to obey God, and the same is true for us. Paul modeled this in Acts chapter 20, verse 22. He says, and now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. So he had a kind of a direction. Paul, at this point in his ministry, Acts chapter 20, but then look at the little phrase after that. He says, I don't know what awaits me. The idea is that even if you don't know the details, you step out in faith. You're faithful. You respond even when you don't know the end result. Faith. It's related to obedience. Those promptings of the Holy Spirit. We've all had them. A few weeks ago, October 1st, Jessica and I were up early. It was a Sunday morning, and we were off, and we were going to be headed to, to uh, Mackinac Island. Pastor Bobby and Kyle, uh, the four of us, were going to go and spend a couple days at Mackinac Island, October 1st. Um, literally, we were up at like 4.50 or something like that. I turn my phone on, and I see I have a text from a, a man from this church, and I'm not going to say his name. Uh, some of you know who I'm talking about. And, I'm, and I wrote it in my notes here, word for word. He says, sorry for the delayed response. I had been texting him, trying to get a hold of him. He says, but does God have forgiveness for those that commit suicide if they think it will help others? Because that is where I'm at. I'm sorry. I just want to die. Word for word. At that point... It doesn't take a whole lot, but the Holy Spirit inside of me, I'm saying, uh, I'm on vacation. That's just going to have to wait. Absolutely not. I literally called that moment. I'm like, because my phone had been off. I'm saying, hey, no answer. I called a friend of his, was able to get through. 
literally five o'clock in the morning. And we were able to check and make sure that he was okay. And he's still living today by the grace of God. Still needs a miracle in his life. But, but God, it was a prompting of the Holy Spirit. You follow those promptings. You say, well, man, that's dramatic. That's, that's pretty incredible. Well, uh, sometimes we don't know the result, just kind of like Paul. Like, I'm bound by the Spirit to go. I don't know what awaits me. Well, I've told this story before, um, but at my last church, uh, I was a kid's pastor, and on Sunday nights, uh, and, and on Sunday mornings, the pastors uh, sat on the stage, kind of off to the side, and so they'd be sitting up here the entire service, kind of like they could just keep an eye on everyone. I'm not sure, uh, but uh, I'm so glad we don't do that. Uh, Sean and uh, Bobby, you know, it would not be fun me pre and you guys watching my rear end. And so, uh, but anyway, but that's just the way it was. And during worship, we were on the stage as well. And uh, in our church, we had a, an American flag and we had a Christian flag. In one service, a Sunday night, just a random Sunday night, I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to go to the Christian flag and take it out and then just to wave it during worship. And I did it. <laughs> And I had my eyes closed, and I just kind of waved, and then I kind of backed up, put it back in, and then returned to my seat. And I wish I had this amazing testimony that someone got saved or delivered, or someone was like, I'm, I'm going to you know, run my car off a cliff if, if someone doesn't grab that Christian flag. But that wasn't the case. I have no idea why the Lord prompted me to do it, other than maybe for me to share it today. I don't know. The point is, it's related to obedience, our faithfulness. And sometimes we save a life. Sometimes we're just maybe look silly. But could we have roll off our tongues this idea that, God, I will do anything you prompt me to do? See, the principle is, and I want you to write this down, is that obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's responsibility. That is a huge understanding, a principle to live by. It's God's spirit inside of us. The fruit is evident, and he will prompt us as Holy Spirit believers, right? I think I should call so-and-so. Well, you should pick up the phone and call. Or I should send a text. Or I should give. I know we just went through missions convention or missions encounter. And uh, we talked about giving. And, and listen, every prompting to be generous, I think, is from the Lord. Uh, I have learned that the enemy, the devil, does not want you to be generous. So I would say go for it. And the more you do it, the more you follow these promptings of the Holy Spirit, the better you get. You're going to make some mistakes. And maybe it was a mistake for me to wave that flag. I don't know. But I want Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, however you say it, Bobby, 2-4 to be true for me, that the righteous live by faith. The righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. I want that Matthew 25 principle to be true in my life, that God can trust me with small things so he will give me more things. And church, let's not underestimate what a lifetime of obedience or faithfulness will accomplish. A while back, there's a businessman in Grand Haven uh, that I 
Uh, he, he attends our church on occasion, but his main church is in Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids First, and, and some of you know, know him, but uh, he is, I mean, he's, he's done well for himself, and I literally, I call him and I say, hey, I'd like to pick your brain about investing and about in, uh, future. He's got a lot of properties and just different things like that, and I sat with him for an hour or more, and my biggest takeaway I, I thought, oh, I'm going to get some strategy like, hey, do this, this, and this, and just follow this, and you'll be, you know, you'll be on your way. And what, literally, the biggest thing he reiterated on many occasions, or many moments in that lunch, he said, Ben, I've just been living my life uh, every morning just saying, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And I do it. And I was like, huh, oh, that's not what I was hoping for. <laughs> but that's faithful. Lord, what do you want me to do today? Think about this. How much faith does it take to be faithful? Because, man, you look at the giants, you look at Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith. Some of you know what that is. The truth is, it only takes a little bit, not much. I want to go back to Abraham for a second. Abraham really caught my attention this week. He gets it wrong so many times. And I, I was thinking about it, it's just kind of almost like smiling as I was thinking and kind of looking through the story. And I'm not, I didn't want to like shame Abraham. You know, he's in heaven. You could probably, I don't, I'm not sure how that works, but if he could tell that I was smiling at his story. But Abraham is a mess. Just like me. That's the truth. Just like you. Just enough faith, apparently, to keep going. Remember earlier, it had to be reiterated, I, I want you to be a blessing, and all these different times throughout his life. And then Abraham ends up in the hall of faith, one of the major fathers of the faith in Hebrews chapter 11. But he started off just an idol worshiper from Mesopotamia, just like everyone else. And the command was to go and be a blessing. And there were shortcomings in chapter 12, right after the call, in chapter 15, in chapter 20, and really just trickled throughout. And you can read his story and, and look for his faults. The, the, but the main thing, I mean, he's throwing his wife under the, it's bad. And, and he say, he's messed up. Well, you're messed up. And I'm messed up. We all need Jesus. And the question we should be asking ourselves this morning is where is God calling you to be faithful? Where would he want you to go and be a blessing? To a widow, to an orphan, to a missionary? Obedience, faithfulness. It looks like long obedience, over, all long obedience in the same direction for a long time. Looks like loyalty. Looks like Jesus. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith with the people around us, with our resources, our time, talent, treasure, and with those Holy Spirit promptings. Amen? Listen, at the end of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, it actually is not a real pretty picture. Um, you think, okay, these people of great faith, you know, these giants, 
Really, they're just like us. But at the end of Hebrews chapter 11, um, I just want to read a couple of these verses, and I think we've got them here, second service. I, I added this in just kind of Holy Spirit prompting uh, late. But it says this, how much more do I need to say? So after, uh, in the Hebrews 11, just the list of all these different people, he says, it would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth and David and Samuel and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. You think, man, this is incredible. These are giants in the faith. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. I mean, it sounds like a great movie, right? Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from the death. You say, wow, that's the hall of faith and must be all up and to the right. Like there's good things and blessings. And well, listen, it goes on. It says, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. Mary, I'm not sure where you are, but if you could come and uh, we're going to close with this. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. What? The faithful? And others were killed by the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goat, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. And verse 39 says, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. That's not really what we love to hear. We'd love to hear a message like, hey, be faithful, and everything's going to be perfect. It's all good. That's not the case. But when you boil it all down, no matter what we're facing, when we're faithful, it's worth it. It will be worth it. I want to close with us just by all of us closing our eyes this morning. Just a moment between you and the Lord. I just believe the Holy Spirit is stirring today. He's using the foolishness of preaching. And uh, it's very possible that if you examined your life and the life that you're leading in the lens of being faithful, the truth is you are not faithful. You're not faithful with the people around you, your family or friends. You're not adding value. You're not encouraging. You're not blessing. You may not be faithful with your resources. First service, I really sense that there are people that are sitting on spiritual gifts uh, that are not being active. There are some gifts, uh, just natural gifts and abilities that are being underutilized. 
we're called to be faithful with the things God has allowed us to, to, to experience with, with our lives. We're called to be faithful. Or maybe you haven't been faithful to some of those Holy Spirit promptings. Maybe you didn't pick up the phone or didn't write the check or you didn't uh, confront or, you know, the relationship or whatever the case might be. And that's hard to admit. We're messed up. We don't always do it right. But as we sit here in the presence of God, I have some good news. Although we are not always faithful, God is always faithful. And if you've stepped into sin, if you've missed some opportunities, all it takes is one step in the right direction back towards the Lord, and the Lord is quick to forgive. In fact, before we move on, I'm just curious, is there anyone here in the room that's saying, Pastor, I need forgiveness. There's something off, something wrong. Maybe you need salvation or maybe you just need to set some things right. Just Would you just be honest with me and the Lord? I'm not going to embarrass you. Yeah, I see a hand over here. Just slip up your hand. Thank you. Yep, I see you couple. There's a bunch of first service, second service here. Who else? You're saying, man, that's me. I need, yeah, thank you. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's at work. I, I, I knew he would be. I just want to pray. Lord, we've, we've messed up. We've failed. We've walked away. We've missed opportunities. But Lord, this morning, our heart is to be faithful. And Lord, we just ask that you would forgive us, cleanse our heart, make us clean. And Lord, give us the resolve to be faithful no matter what. No matter if it's blessing or if it's hardship, God, I pray that our vote would be to be faithful. And Lord, we thank you for your promise that you will be with us to the very I want everyone to stand and your eyes just to kind of be on me. Just We're going to end with an idea that the Lord gave me. I, I kind of rewrote the, uh, the end of Hebrews 11, kind of modernized it a little bit. It's not a great work, but it was kind of what I felt like the Lord wanted me to do. I just want to encourage you that God is with us to the end, right? And we can vote for faithfulness. And let me just kind of read it the way, whether we experience highs or lows, whether we feel confident or not, or we're full of doubt, whether we're rich or poor, we are called to go and be a blessing. We're called to spread the word, fight the fight, run the race, feed the poor, visit prisoners, heal the sick, encourage those in ministry. We are called to cross the divide, Man, that's a great statement on voting week. Melt the hate. And I promise you this, there will be some of us that will stand before kings. There may be some that will be thrown in jail. You may even be beaten, but rejoice. 
You will be counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. You will be a part of God's project to redeem the world. And one day, Jesus promises to come back and make all things right. But until then, in the meantime, be faithful. Lord, I just pray a blessing over each person in the sound of my voice that we would wrestle with this idea. And in this moment, I pray that you would give us one area where we can be faithful, that we need to be faithful and help us to accomplish that one area in Jesus' name. This is the way I want to end. I want us to all, just in the, this presence of God, just to ask the Lord, is there just one thing? Not We don't need five things or a hundred things. Just one thing, just in something small. One takeaway where you can be faithful this week and this season. It could be related to your finances. It could be related to a relationship or a work situation or a school situation. Where is God calling you to be faithful? Let's just rest. Let the Holy Spirit speak here for a moment. given you an idea where you can be faithful. I want you just to slip up your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Good. 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 Pastor Bobby's going to close us in prayer. Amen. Lord Jesus, we just thank you first of all for your faithfulness, your faithful life, showing us the way to live, the way to be, the way to love, the way to forgive, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness in death. Lord, that you took the punishment that we deserved. You took our place. Lord, and we thank you for your faithfulness in coming through with your promise that you've defeated death, hell, and the grave, that you have risen from the grave, Lord. And when we are faithful, when we follow after you, when we are good stewards, Lord, we thank you that we're just following in your footsteps, Lord. Lord, and even thinking of the call that Pastor Ben made a couple weeks ago, Lord, we thank you that there are times when you prompt us, Lord. And I think of someone I reached out to this week, Lord, someone who I hadn't talked to in over a year, Lord, and I felt like you wanted me to pray for them. And finding out that night that their family had a miscarriage. Lord, I can't imagine if I wouldn't have reached out that they knew that you were with them because some random person just a few hours earlier said they were praying. Lord, being faithful, even in little things, can have huge, powerful impact. Lord, and sometimes we don't know that impact. We are just planting seeds, but we thank you that you are faithful. 
Lord, help us to be faithful as we leave this place. And we know that as we go, that you'll be before us, behind us, and all around us every single step of the way. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, You guys can go in the grace of God and we'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.